nightmares tonight probably like i was just yeah about having a stroke while there's bees infesting my house <laughs> the goddamn bee it's like candy man <laughs> jesus christ um <laughs> should we do this yeah okay All yes right. yes are we right you got your notes and i got my handful of notes so okay yes the last the last circus okay oh you all right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You gonna be okay? Yeah. You gonna make it through this? Yeah. If the bees affected you too much we to continue. <laughs> all right. Hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Vapp and I am your host. And if you don't mind, for the first time ever, I have written an intro for a guest. If you don't mind. I don't mind. All right. And coming to her first public appearance after a shameful ousting from office due to massive corruption, the former mayor of Poundtown... Deborah Diven Dunning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, pretty elaborate. Yeah. Not even write that down. Oh my God. But anyway, uh, today we are talking about 2010's The Last Circus. Uh, written and directed by Alex de la Iglesias, starring Carlos Areces as Javier, Antonio de la Torre as Sergio, and Carolina Bang as Natalia. <laughs> I know that's not how you say her name, but I don't care. <laughs> Is that her real name, do you think? Probably not. <laughs> I, if, I mean, if so, it's probably like Carolina Bang or Bang or something, because, I mean, this is a Spanish film. <laughs> I mean... There is not a lick of English in this entire goddamn thing. Mm -mm. <laughs> not one. There was not. And actually, uh, Alex de la Iglesias, I believe, has only made one English-speaking film. Oh. The Oxford Murders. Have you seen it? I've seen part of it. I fell asleep. Not because it was bad. It was just I turned it on late at night. But yeah, it was pretty good. He's a very good director. His movies are fucking bonkers. Yeah. Bonker. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, so, good description uh, for this movie. Deb? What'd you think of The Last Circus? Chris, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I, I, I was able to stay with it and not look at my watch a lot. So that was, I don't wear a watch because that says old, actually, if you wear a watch these days, I was told. So, but um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was very watchable. It was very bonkers. As it's you an said. experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, I could jump right. It, so visually, it's um, it's interesting. It's it's I don't want to say pretty because it's because this is horror vomit. But um, oh, it's a beautifully shot film. Thank you. Yeah, it had kind of almost like a like a goth kind of like a comic book vibe to it a little bit with the colors. Oh, it's the, very surreal. Yeah, it reminded me of. And uh, I'm not necessarily a Mel Gibson fan, but he did a movie called Payback, I think is what it was. <laughs> Dude, I love Payback. Do you love Payback? Yeah, where he okay. puts that dude's nose ring out. Yes. And all he wants is like his 78 grand. Yeah. Because it, oh, dude, I love that movie. Mel Gibson's fucking hard in How that movie. Not, how did I not know you liked that movie? Oh, man, it ruled. That's my favorite Mel Gibson movie, actually. See, and I'm not a huge Mel Gibson He's fan. He's grimy as fuck in that movie. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I like some of his movies, but as a person, he kind of turned into a Oh, he's a fucking bigot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, he's um, a real piece of shit. Yeah. But the color, the way Payback was shot with the colors and stuff, like trying, I think, it seemed like at the time it came out, I remember them saying that they they filmed it in a way to kind of get that comic book wash color effect to it. Yeah. And so when I was watching The Last Circus, the movie we're talking about this week, um, it um, it reminded me a little bit <laughs> we could, of that. We could not. We could just talk about payback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared for it, but fuck it, I can wing it. <laughs> well, we could talk about it a little bit if you want. Yeah, go ahead. No, okay. I'm all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm fine. But I did enjoy that movie, and and it, it's I kind of feel like it's a guilty pleasure. Like some people are, will talk about like their guilty pleasure movie that if it just happens to be on cable, they'll watch it. They'll say like 
Roadhouse or something like that. So payback is like my version of Roadhouse. Don't judge, okay? It's no, like if that shit's on, I think, I think we went on a long Roadhouse tangent a week or two ago as well. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh yeah. I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Love Roadhouse. Oh, <laughs> see, my husband can sit and watch Roadhouse. Like, Hell yeah. yeah. I believe it was in I think 2013 they made a stage mu- musical out of Roadhouse. They did not. It's it's insane. Are you for real? There's a Roadhouse too as well. No. Don't. It's not good. Okay. There's no sways. <laughs> it's swaysless. Yeah, it's it is swaysless and it is dog shit. Uh, but anyway, yeah, um the pacing in this movie also is just incredible. In this movie doesn't really let up. No. It kind of grabs you by the throat and uh really pummels the shit out of you. Yeah. So it's set so they kind of like the backstory they have it's set during the Spanish Civil War. Yes. And um, I'm not terribly familiar with a lot of this. I mean, other than that, Franco was a fascist, and that's part of why Spain didn't get really involved in World War II because they were busy fighting their own Civil War stuff. Yeah, going on. And Franco did win with help from both Hitler and Mussolini as well. Yeah, but of course, that has no bearing on this story, really. No, other than it's just that's how they kind of started off, right? With uh, yes, yeah, that whole. Uh, scene with the circus and the guys and they're like you know whose side are you on and and all all that monkey business and so that so we start off our main character javier yes he's a child yes he's a child and his dad becomes a political prisoner but they first they unleash them you are skipping a gigantic part of that yeah okay which is a clown in a dress housing motherfuckers with a machete that was yeah and I have well, to... the I'm gonna say, not general, uh, the guy that pretty much takes them and recruits them. Yeah. Two guns blazing. The way this is shot, and they're like fighting in a factory, so it's in a confined space, and it's kind of that shaky cam, real fast action, real fast cuts, but it looks fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. The um... that is within the first ten minutes of this film. <laughs> So they kind of grabbed me with that. I have to say after that, I was I was hoping for more of that type. I was like, whoa, this movie's going to be a totally wild ride. And it was, but in other ways. Yes, it's not flat out action. Right. <laughs> See, is. and I was digging that first part. With it the, is goddamn insanity. <laughs> like when the clown, like when they finally catch the clown at the end and like the guy's standing over him and like he does that, like his flower is spraying water all over and he kind of does that laugh. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is fun because the, the clown is, you know, he's still a clown, but he had a machete and was just like hacked up the guy's entire military troop with yeah. a machete. With a machete. Until he gets shot. It's fucking bananas. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I think one of the other, like, just visuals that I really, really loved is the entire sequence of Javier escaping from the hospital, running back to the circus, grabbing a hook. Oh, God, yeah. While uh, Sergio and Natalia are banging again for the second time in this film. They're getting after it. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and just the arresting visuals of watching him stick a hook into Sergio's arm and then grab a trumpet oh, yeah. and essentially beat a man to death. Well, not to death, to the precipice of death with a trumpet, with a trumpet. while a terrified woman is looking on covered in blood. Yeah, like best use of a trumpet as a weapon, I would say, for, out of any movie, hands down, that I've seen. It... I, I've seen this movie a lot of times now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've seen this at least 10, 15 Are times. Are you serious? I love this movie. Apparently. But, yeah, just the first time seeing that, I, I can't imagine that I didn't out loud just yell, holy shit! Because <laughs> it's, think... it's very arresting. <laughs> yes, I think I did actually yell that in that scene. Like, what the? <laughs> what is going on? Um. So, we kind of skipped a little bit. but So, there's this love triangle. So... Javier grows up, um, and his dad is killed as a political prisoner, and Javier joins the circus oh, and wants to... he's not killed as a political prisoner. He's killed in an attempted, es- like, escape plot well, but... that Javier puts together. We watch... Okay. We watch well, you... a horse murder him. <laughs> well, there is that. And there's also the very important plot point where he pulls the 
commander off the horse where he loses his eye. Yes. That is a becomes a very important plot point later on. Yes. Yes, you are right. This movie's fucking bonkers. <laughs> well, so when Javier um, wants to continue the family tradition, so his dad was the clown in the circus, and his grandfather was the clown in the circus, so Javier decides he's going to carry on the family tradition and be a, a clown in the circus. Yep. And so he goes to audition at the circus, and that's where he catches up with Sergio and Natalia. And so it becomes this, there's a love triangle that's going on in this whole thing, if we hadn't made that clear already. To, yeah. And what I really like is when they're introducing everyone, we get a sense of who everybody is real quick. Yeah. If there's no, like, long exposition dumps, it fucking moves. Like yeah. I said, the pacing in this film is great. We also meet Romero, who is... One of the scummiest looking dudes I've ever seen in my life. The dude with the long curly black mm -hmm. hair. Yeah. And we also are introduced to, and I wouldn't think I would say this in a film like this, but one of my favorite characters, the motorcycle guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing his best. The one that's going to get shot out of the... Yeah, yeah, throughout this entire movie, he's just doing his best. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. God love that man. Yeah, they had a lot of... Um humorous little bits oh, i love the humor in this film aside from yeah i i have all of not all of them but select parts written down <laughs> and yeah the first one i have is yeah the motorcycle guy because god bless his heart <laughs> all he wants to do is wear sequins and jump motorcycles oh yeah and he gets launched into buildings every goddamn time he was jealous of the clown costume because because javier's got the he's got the it's like the disco clown costume thing yeah. going on yeah and that we are also introduced to uh the old man and woman who have like 13 dogs uh, yeah yeah i love them well and the elephant trainer too like um he, <laughs> the elephant starts getting like acting like aggressive towards javier <laughs> and, and the elephant trainer's like oh yeah i um he must think you're a woman and he gets really jealous of me around other women and yes. or she does excuse me it's a it's a girl elephant sorry and she gets really jealous of me around other women, and, and then um, somehow or another later it comes out that, oh, yeah, my wife, yeah, she, the elephant killed her. Yeah, <laughs> sad honor, killed her, yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> One of my favorite lines of, like, the old man with the dogs is toward the end after they have, like, the standoff with the police, and he holds the police up, and, you know, Everybody, get get over there. Get over there. Suck my dick. Every single one of you. And as soon as Javier gets away, he just drops the gun and goes, all right, you can beat the shit out of me now. Oh. I loved it. That's this whole, yeah, bonkers. <laughs> what I really wanted to bring up, too, before okay. we really get into this is, and I, I wanted to talk to you about this especially because you have more of a literary background. This is essentially just like a Shakespearean tragedy, right? Yeah, I would say there's... Shakespeare-esque. I'm, I'm not a big on Shakespeare, so I don't know what book it would have been well, based on, but this seems very, yeah, Grecian tragedy, mm -hmm. Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah, because you've got your... I mean, you've got your... He's kind of like an anti-hero, Javier, because really, I mean, did he really need to, to kill the girl's boyfriend? I mean, the boyfriend was very abusive, so she's like into, like, he... he uh, Sergio's... Sergio beats up Natalia a lot and roughs her up, yeah. but she seems to like it too, unfortunately. Yeah, he's you know a notorious I mean? drunk abuser, but he's... <laughs> but that's kind of her kink too. Yeah, he's so, also the alpha male. Yeah. So, I mean, Javier gets involved in this whole thing with... Um, and Natalia's his dream girl, and, you know, she's the, she's the trapeze artist, and, I mean, and she's beautiful and all this other stuff. But, but yeah, Javier's definitely got a lot of that... It's almost like an anti-hero in a way. And, um, like, he's got, he, because he's a sad clown, he's not a regular, like, just a, huh, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, he fits a lot of that, um, there, I mean, there are a lot of sad clowns in, in, um, liter literary works and stuff. Like, um, I'm thinking King Lear. Lear's clown is, King Lear's clown in, in that story ends up getting killed off the top of my head. Um, so it's, I mean, uh, there's, um, what's the, I can't think of his name. Isn't that terrible? 
Anyways, there's a there are a lot of these types of character. The sad clown character is a recurring thing in a lot of Shakespeare's, like in his histories and in his tragedies. And um, it kind of reminded me too that um, we just finished. So my husband and I have been binge watching different series that are tangentially related to. I don't know, crime or stuff like that. So I'd never watched the Sopranos series. I have my reasons. I really didn't want to watch it. But I thought, you know what? Fine. AJ, I'm going to sit down and watch this with you. So we just finished watching it. And um, one of the things, if you've watched that series at all, is Tony Soprano, they, the main character. They always He refers to himself a lot of times as a, as a sad clown. So if you're looking for like a modern you know, interpretation of that, that whole icon that character um and one of the characters in my book has a sad clown tattooed on her breast but um that that's after an actual person i knew so and i think this movie's really good about it very strictly and you can tell the points when it shifts from prologue act one act two act three it's a very basic three-act structure mm -hmm. and it's structured very well yeah yeah, I mean, there's not, they don't drop the ball where you're sitting, where none of this drags. I mean, it just goes right yeah. through the story. And it's very, in some ways, it's a very simplistic story yeah. because they don't get mired down with all the other stuff, like you'd said. And one of the other visuals that I really want to talk about that plays into the film, <laughs> this is right after he's done bludgeoning uh, Sergio with the trumpet. <laughs> is the whole scene of him running naked from the police. Oh, God, yeah. The way that that was shot, though, with... I don't know if that was really the attire that the Spanish police would have worn, but it almost looked like, you know, old-timey 16th, 17th century, like, horsemen. Mm -hmm. While he was... And they were silhouetted against, you know, uh, the moon in the darkness while the camera pans down and Javier's running through the creek or river or across the river something like that. it's just so fucking beautifully shot and then when naked javier gets to that little hovel that he finds what is yeah it's like yeah. the stone igloo in the middle of yeah and he makes up this bed and lies down and he looks very almost cherubic <laughs> kind of it's a very good shot yeah and, until a deer <laughs> comes crashing down through the center of this fucking thing. Yeah. It's very startling. Yeah. And then Javier's hungry, naturally, so he apparently just sits there and eats, like, deer sushi or something. Yeah, just an entire raw deer. Yeah, I wasn't quite... I was, I was like... Yeah, he kind of... So I didn't... I was trying to understand, was that supposed to be, like, his descent into madness? Like that's... I believe so. I believe okay. that's the start of the second act. Okay. Is around then, because that's around when Sergio walks into the bar and sees his face, hmm? and he starts oh. to fall apart as well. Yeah. And then, interestingly enough, Natalia moves on, and she's doing just fine. Oh, yeah. All the people, other people from the circus have apparently opened a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> where she's dancing. We jumped into Moulin Rouge at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but in Spain. Yeah. And visually, <laughs> like, they did a really great job with it. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah. Man, this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other part, though... So, we, we jumped ahead a little bit, but when, when Javier is um, kind of getting drawn into this thing with Natalia, they're hanging out at carnivals and amusement park rides and stuff like that. And when um, uh, Sergio confronts Javier and Natalia, he runs into them. They're like holding hands or something on the yeah. on the midway and stuff. And so like they go, the cut is it's like Sergio dragging Natalia across like by her knees. So there's like these bloody skid marks from her uh -huh. knees across the pavement. And then he beats up um, Javier and like he's he's got him on the you know the thing with the the yeah, the, the carnival sled, game yeah the sledgehammer yeah carnival game and so he's just like he's laid Javier over the pressure plate for that. Yeah. And he's just beating the Christ out of him. Yeah. So that's how he wound up in the hospital is he gets the stuff. Gets a couple hand. good shots in on some cops too. Oh yeah, yeah, with the sledge. <laughs> well, and the other thing too, so so when Javier exacts his revenge for all that stuff and tries to win Natalia back by freeing her from, from the monster, yes. Yeah, from from Sergio. Um so after he meet, messes up Sergio's face with the trumpet and then 
they can't take him to the hospital for some reason, so they take him to a veterinarian, and the veterinarian doesn't sew his face back together right. No, because his wife is yelling at him the whole time. They kind of reminded me of, um, is it, is it, Billy Crystal and Carol King, I think, in Princess Bride, and he's Miracle Max. And so, like, in the Princess Bride, they drag the... He's mostly dead, and they drag him to um, to Miracle Max to have Miracle Max put him back together. And it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, because the wife's going, what are you doing? Stop! Don't help them! And, and he's like, I got this. And then she's like, you're doing it wrong. And he's sitting here sewing teeth back at... Yeah. So this brings up an interesting question, and we'll get back to more of what happens in the film overall, but what is what is this movie trying to say? I mean, because it doesn't seem like they're letting anybody off the hook for any of this. <laughs> I see what you and, did there. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean that at all, but yeah, I sure did. <laughs> um, no, because while watching it, like, did Natalia really do anything wrong? She was a girl's young girl stuck in a really kind of shit situation. Uh-huh. But then she kind of acknowledges that she knows what she did was wrong in the hospital scene when she says, Javier, I shouldn't have done this to you. Mm-hmm. Like, has she done this before? Has she not? Is she to blame? Is she not? Because in that scene that you were talking about with the veterinarian, mm-hmm. his wife even looks over and says, this is all your fault. I know what you did. Little oh. cutie with your... Temptress. Yeah, pretty much. Temptress. But, like, I I kind of don't think she did anything wrong. Well, I mean, she's, like, flirty, and she's kind of stirring the pot. But on the other hand, like you said, she's in a bad situation, and she's young, and she's pretty, and that probably just yeah. happened to her. You know what I mean? She, I don't know how much intent was necessarily behind it with her i mean because they don't give us that kind of backstory on it but that's what because she says in the diner after javier goes back and finds her in the diner Mm -hmm. he asks what happened to the last sag clown and she says you don't want to know um implying that this might have happened before so it might be an ongoing thing for them it's it's like their game between them yeah and it's it kind of sucks looking at it because you know you try and have an open mind about you know like I don't know if she really did anything wrong, but I don't know that she didn't either. Yeah. Because those two are definitely to blame. I mean, there's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think I've been calling this, uh, instead of The Last Circus, the, uh, these dudes suck the motion picture. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, the old woman, too, at the veterinarian reminded me of that whole, um, and I'm probably not saying it right, the Malaccio. It's like the Italian, the the evil eye. Like if somebody gives you the stink eye and put, like they're putting a curse on you kind of thing, and then you have to do. And so when she's accusing, the old woman at the veterinary is accusing Natalia of that, and she's going, ah, you know, and and stuff. It's like, oh, is she putting a curse on her right now? I mean, is that supposed to be part of the. Maybe. Like I said, there's. There's a lot in this movie, and there's a lot no, to there's no way to be able to, for us in an hour to deconstruct this whole fucking thing, not mm. a chance, but no. I was just wondering what, and this is part of, not only because you know about literature and, you know, act structures and yada, 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 I did want to have a woman on for this to see what your opinion was on that, because, oh. again, like, I didn't want to be the dude that, oh, no, she didn't do anything wrong, when, you know, as a woman, you could clearly say, like, no, she was wrong in doing this. And I don't also want to assign blame because, again, like she's in this shitty situation. What is she supposed to do? Mm-hmm. She might have found a way to get out of this with Javier and then things backfire horribly. So Well, and I think she she kind of played it like she just she just wanted to be friends with Javier. They're just friends and she had said that at different times and I almost wonder if she didn't kind of the way they framed it, they almost made it look like with their relationship, like she was, she just liked to make Sergio a little jealous here and there. I don't think she necessarily wanted, you know, and and she, and she was having fun. I mean, she and Javier, they were going and doing just innocent stuff. They yeah. weren't, you know, they weren't getting freaky or nothing well, like that. Well, she tried to kiss him in the bathroom in the trailer oh, that one yeah, time yeah. too. 
Yeah, because they were hiding out in the camper together. And then she also kisses, tries to kiss him again at the oh. carnival, and he pulls back and says, you know, I might be falling in love with you. And she says, how much? He says, a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they make out. Okay, yeah, she yeah, she kind of knew what she was doing then. Well, but I, they kind of framed it, though, like you said, like about the previous clown that we don't meet in this Yeah, we're one. given no context. Just that something that happened. bad happened to him. But it almost sounded like it was kind of this game with Natalia and Sergio, that that, that was their relationship, and, and that, you know, she kind of fueled the fire with him a little bit by... You know, hanging around with people that she... Because she knew. She knew it was going to make him jealous. Well, she knows he has a fiery temper. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that... Hmm. But also, I mean, something bad could have been the previous sad clown accidentally hurt or something a child because... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgot about that part, didn't you? He could have thrown a baby or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Sergio's on the back of... I want to say the elephant's name is Princess. I don't know I why I'm wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Sergio's sitting on the back of Princess and Javier is supposed to hand him this baby, but the elephant has gone too far. And Sergio keeps telling him, under his breath, you know, just fucking give me the kid. <laughs> so, so Javier just hucks this baby at him. Of course, his drunk ass misses it by a mile. <laughs> yeah, he's like a kid. Luckily, reach. Romero was on the other side to catch it. <laughs> And he tells him, kids are our livelihood. If any kids get hurt, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. Well, that's like if you're watching a movie, you know, and and I don't, you know, I don't personally care if, you know, as some of the characters I don't get invested in, I'll be like, I don't care. They killed that character off. I don't care. They killed that character off. If they kill the friggin' dog in a movie, I am mad. It's like, you don't kill the dog. You just don't. I mean, that's just the worst thing you can do in a movie. I mean, so this was a mm. kid, so it's maybe one step up. But. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you some movies. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, oh, right. Where the fuck were <laughs> You know. I, uh, I had something in mind and I completely forgot what it was. Oh. Go ahead. Well, it might come back to you. Um, the other thing that this kind of reminded me of a little bit. So when, so when Javier and, well, I'm going to say when they all go completely off the rails, but especially with Javier, like, so he, he holds up in the, he's in a church, right? when he's got there's a religious icon and he gets in oh, and he makes the costume no, and we'll, all that we'll get to that because okay he's sitting in his weird outdoor hovel oh yeah yeah okay and another animal <laughs> falls from the heavens and this time it's just a rabid pig oh, who is yeah, yeah. chasing him naked through the snowy landscape yes yes and that's another holy shit moment <laughs> well the other part of that too is that so i think because AJ was watching it with me, but we'd had a long day. I think he was napping kind of on and off in the recliner. He wakes up and he looks. He goes, is that Ron Jeremy? Javier? No. <laughs> but he's running through the woods naked, though. And, and he's like this little round. Anyways, yeah. But he is saved by the, the commander whose yes. eye that he took out. When he was a little boy. Yeah. And he recognized him because of the religious Yeah, metal. the pendant that he has on. So there's some religious iconography in this too like like he's got the pendant and then later there's the cross thing and then um javier kind of sees um uh i was gonna say marlena natalia as like as like the the holy the blessed virgin mother or yes. something like that so there's says, i need you to be my protector my angel of death oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so there's all that kind of little theme running here and there like you'll see all these things going on but so yeah he gets picked up by he gets recognized because he's got the religious medal around his neck uh-huh. and then they take him to see is it franco's estate that is the commander okay i can't remember his name for the life of me there's okay. a lot of spanish names in this yeah so i'm doing my best yeah but uh they essentially turn him into a hunting dog <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're trap shooting essentially or like what do you call it bird shooting yeah they're, i mean they're, they're shooting birds they're with franco yeah and javier comes wandering out of the forest all disheveled in his like shitty ill-fitting suit with all the dogs yeah and he's just carrying it in his hand and like <laughs> the aide to the commander stops him and says no in your mouth like i told you <laughs> So he walks up like a hunting dog with his dead duck hanging out or whatever, grouse or whatever, hanging yeah. out of his mouth. 
Like, what the? And even Franco tells him, like, son, you don't have to put up with this. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah. Then he bites his fucking hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> he latched right onto it, uh-huh. like like a dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was just... Oh, boy. There was, like I said, there was, like, just too much to... And you've seen this how many times? At least ten. Good God. Well, I don't feel so bad not remembering all of it, but, yeah, and part of it, I think I just blocked it out. Some of it was just traumatic, man. (laughs) I really enjoy how he turned himself into his final form. Yeah. It's bananas. Yes. So that's the part I I had jumped ahead a little bit there, too. So he's in a church, I think. No, that's just, it looks like they're, uh, like, storage shed. Because he finds all the uh, Christmas items and shit that Was he that fashions. Christmas stuff? That he, well, I assume so, that he fashions his new costume out of. Okay. Because that's what I can tell. Because they had the statue there. And, of course, I mean, some places they just have, like, those. Um, yeah. What do they call them? Like, those icons along those little chapel prayer things. Who knows? I mean, you can drive through the neighborhood here. There's probably, like, the, the Mary bathtubs in the yard kind yeah. of thing. So. So, yeah, he has this religious moment, and then he makes his new costumes. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow, what the, what was up with that? I'm like, dude, you don't he, have to go that extreme. It reminded me of the Joker. This is pretty much the beginning of Act 3. This is mm-hmm. where everyone just breaks, and it goes hog-fucking-wild. Yes. Because he pours, uh, what do I want to say, some sort of abrasive cleaning solution. Mm-hmm. into some water and onto his face, which bleaches his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So his skin is all like, he looks like he just got like the worst wax job you've ever seen. Like his face <laughs> is all road rash, kind of from that. It's real gross. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. He takes a hot iron and mm-hmm. burns iron, like upside down triangles under both of his eyes. Mm-hmm. Burns his lips off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here watching it going, this is, ooh, this is uh-huh. painful. Yeah. And makes a huge gash on his forehead. Okay. To scar it. Yeah. And he's also dressed as a priest? Or, I forget. Because the caretaker comes in and says, like, what the fuck are you supposed to be? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he just brains him with an iron. <laughs> yeah, he looks, he's like, he goes, oh, they're not going to be happy that you're dressed up like this. No. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> and, oh, I love the part before that, because... When he's taking uh, Javier to the like little shed thing that he's living in, before he leaves, he goes, "Oh man, you bit Franco. <laughs> I might be starting to like you. Too bad they're gonna shoot you tomorrow. Bye." <laughs> and just takes off. Yeah, it's wonderful. The part where I was not expecting him to bite bite Franco, it really wasn't it. And we'll we'll yeah. talk about why yeah. a little later as well. Yes. Um, they mentioned something in that scene also because. Almost everything that's said and done in this film correlates to something. Mm-hmm. There's almost no fat on this script. Like, if they say something, you're, it'll come back around. Because they mention that there was a plot to kill a certain general. Or com- another commander. I don't know, military ranks. Mm-hmm. And when he's running through the city with his machine guns and shit, <laughs> the, the car blows up with the commander in it. Because you see on the television or on the radio... That they had taken out a high-ranking official. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Is that the part where, does he go into the, is it a bakery or something? Oh, it just looks like a little diner. Or the yeah. movie theater. What, what one comes first? I think the diner. The diner, okay. Because yeah, there's the old man that looks like my ex-father-in-law that just <laughs> trudges in and just looks so goddamn frustrated. Like, yeah, give me four omelets, two Cokes, and two Fantas. <laughs> and his kids start speaking up and everybody wants to change their order. And he just mm-hmm. looks defeated. Yeah. It's and great. The one little kid disappears off to the bathroom and then all uh-huh. the shooting starts up. And, um, yeah, that was pretty Javier holds a child at machine gun point and says, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. <laughs> the little <laughs> the kid. kid is just staring at him confusedly. And the dad comes in and grabs him. He's like, he's like, oh my god, get out of here! He's got the whole family in the car. Then it, it, they almost had like this home alone moment, like, like they're all in the car, like, where's Kevin? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, we left. We him forgot in- Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the bathroom, back in the diner. Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> and I love that. This is around that point. 
that Sergio just absconds with Natalia, just throws her in a bullet-ridden taxi cab and takes off. Yeah, but she... And then they start a new life together? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what's up with that? Was, I, I don't she know, because from... he tries... Yeah, he tries to... Like hide himself as being a monster by wearing a like a fake beard, oh. and the kids catch him. Yeah, and that's when she finally is like, "I can't fucking do this with you anymore," and leaves again. Yeah, because she went from like the Moulin Rouge, the showgirl thing, to like she leaves with him, and then they're doing like children's birthday parties or something, yeah. so that he can wear the costumes still. Yeah, because mm-hmm. all he knows how to do is be a clown. Which that just baffled me because I'm like going. This dude is like, and they're like, oh, he's the make or break deal the for this circus. Yeah, like, he is the main attraction. How is that even? Because I'm looking this at... This is 1973 in Spain. Well, under yeah. a fascist dictatorship. I, I mean, guess, but, you know, I mean, when I think about going to the circus and stuff, you know, I, I maybe... I don't know if I necessarily think of the clowns as being, like, the main draw, but some people it is, maybe. But this guy? I mean, he's creepy. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, is the creepy clown typically the biggest draw for a circus? Like, in the competitive world of circus? <laughs> that, was, that was just baffling. To if me. anybody out there knows about the competitive world of circusing, <laughs> shoot us an email. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. So, um, this movie essentially ends like Kong. See, I was thinking it ended like the Hunchback. Oh, all right, yeah. Hunchback. But that, that, yeah, that makes more sense. But Kong too. I and didn't think of that. the only character that dies in the end is Natalia. Yeah. I yeah. really like the way that they killed her too. Uh-huh. If I'm being very honest. Yeah. Because it it kind of shows the arc of all of the characters. Because Javier starts out as meek and just goes completely insane. Mm-hmm. Sergio starts out as this insane alpha male, and as soon as his face gets all fucked up. Like, the part where Natalia pushes him against the wall and he starts crying and then he breaks down because he can't be a clown anymore. Mm-hmm. His, yeah, his confidence has gone down. Javier's has gone up. And she's just kind of caught in the middle of all this shit. And the you think she's going to survive because she's twirling down the side of this gigantic cathedral. Yeah. Well, it was like this a giant cross. Crucifix. Yeah. And... She's flying down on her, like, nylon sash thing, which is what she did in the circus. Yeah, trapeze ribbon thing or whatever. Yep. And you just think to yourself, like, oh, man, she's going to be the only one that gets out of this. All right. Nope. Nope. Essentially just snaps her in half. That was so, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's another, oh, shit kind of moment. Yeah, that that was nasty. Yeah, it, it, it's like you even hear this crunch when it's like, oh, that made my back hurt. I just uh-huh. saw that, and the first thing I thought, I'm sitting there going, oh, that's got to be painful. That would be a bad way to go, I would think. Yeah. So I. <laughs> oh, and I got to bring up our favorite character comes back for one last motorcycle jump. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just absolutely beats it into the side of this building. Because he uses, like, his super nitro uh-huh. and goes flying all the way up to this fucking thing and just eats shit. <laughs> and that's it for him. Just in case you needed a little comic relief in yeah. all this carnage. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, I do have some problems with this movie, though. As okay. good as it is, yes. there are glaring problems. Again, we already kind of talked about what is this movie trying to say with the arc of all of these characters why is Natalia the only one that dies? But there's also... <laughs> the time is wrong. Because in the first scenes is 1937. Mm-hmm. Which, I love how they line this up historically as well. Because 1937 is pretty much officially when Franco took power. Mm-hmm. And it begins in 37. And then it comes back to 73, which is our modern day tale. Mm-hmm. Had Javier been born on that day, that would put him at 36 years old. But he was clearly like... 10 or 12. Yeah. Which would put him at, what, 42? He was not a 42-year-old man. You don't think so? Not at all. How old did he look to you? I don't know. Mid-20s, maybe? No. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, then what the fuck was he doing? Just kicking around, because they say that's his first clown gig. Well, what was he doing before that? If it was his first clown gig. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is the timing is just wrong. Again, that's just a nitpicky, like, I did the math real quick. I was like, that doesn't yeah. make any damn sense. Well, but no, but I looked at him, he looked old. 
Like I looked at him and I actually said to AJ, I said, that looks like our friend. Never mind. But, um, yeah. yeah. I really... I didn't know much about the Spanish Civil War, so I kind of looked into it a little bit. Uh-huh. The way they tied this in was really fucking brilliant. Because, again, the 1937, when mm-hmm. the original, like, the prologue happens, then they go to 73, which is when Franco went from being, like, absolute dictator to just, like, head of state. Yeah. And then he died two years later. Do you know how Franco died? I don't think I do. Septic shock. Ew. So they played it in where Javier, having just had a dead bird in his mouth, ah. bites him on the hand. They say, we can't let the press know about this. Because yeah. in 1973 is when he was officially not the number one. I mean, he was still like the number one yeah. in the party, but he couldn't make decisions because he was so sick with septic shock. Hmm. That's interesting. And how they tied in all the other historical references of things that were happening in Spain. Uh-huh. Like, when they would show, you know, news clips or oh, yeah, things. Yeah. Also, really, really well done. Yeah, they had interspersed that in between. Yep. So, yeah, historically, it's pretty accurate, minus the weird time jump, because I don't believe he's 42. But... <laughs> the, um... The, uh... Yeah, with the... Is there... I'm wondering if there's some sort of uh, political commentary, maybe, that... that maybe if we were more well i believe in tune that, with that's spanish the, history that we i believe would... that's the reason that he bit franco was because his father died fighting against franco well, what so his... when he got the opportunity that was all he could do right then was bite him i guess well and his dad's advice to him what what did he <laughs> revenge yeah constantly his dad pops up several times being just an absolute maniac I'm wondering if the our main characters, the the love triangle, Sergio and Javier and all of that, you know, if they're supposed to be representative of some something politically in Spanish history that, yeah, that we I, might not. That I don't know. It okay, could very well be. To, hmm. That might um, be something to check. One out. of the things that I didn't like also, um, the montage while they're doing the opening credits, mm-hmm. because it breaks from after the. Clown with the machete gets shot in the leg, and mm-hmm. then he passes out, and they show him in the political prison. Mm-hmm. Shit, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, the montage in between there. Sorry. It's okay. The montage over the credits, it goes too far in history. It starts out with things going on during the Spanish Civil War, but then escalates into, you know, Reagan, and I think... It ends with, on Reagan, I believe, and then there's yeah. some Anton LaVey in there, which happened in the 60s. Like, it was sh- supposed to show a progression of time, which would have been fine, but they went right back to 37. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it seemed like it, just an odd choice. It, it really threw me off timing-wise Yeah. as to when this was supposed to be set, because when they come back from that, those opening credits, Javier's older, like his father had been in prison for a few years. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's just kind of like, man, that... And then they do another montage, like, not long after that. They do a couple of them in this movie. Yeah, now that I think about it. Like I said, there was a lot lot to unpack watching. (laughs) The the other problem I had, and this could be very easily explained away through translation, I didn't find the dialogue very compelling. It was pretty... Is it because it was subtitles? Well, no, it was just because it was completely cut and dry. Like, there, yeah. it didn't seem to have, like, an air of poetry about it. Uh-huh. It seemed like, like when you read older works in literature, like, people say, oh, yeah, read it in Greek because it makes more sense. Like, I feel like the poetry of language got lost by somebody who was just, like, literally translating it and didn't mm-hmm. take time to make it, like, oh, well, we don't have a word for that in English, so we'll just put down, like, literally what it could translate to. Yeah, that it was pretty... Basic and it's hard to know, you know, if 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 it was stripped down when they when they put the subtitles on or, or yeah. if it's just you know if if that was the way it was written. I mean, if it was intended to be very, very almost Hemingway like, you know, with the just very short, very terse. Yeah, and like we said, the humor in this movie is great. Yeah, but there's a couple times and like. And I understand it's set in 1973, but he's yelling about midgets. There doesn't need to be midgets in my circus. Like, oh yeah, all right, we could have not 
playing. Oh, get it? They're just little. <laughs> oh, and then he had that. Well, but that was one of the things with um, Sergio that he wanted people to laugh at his jokes, though, too. Yeah. Like the joke at the diner about the baby joke. Oh, and all Jesus that. Yeah, all that. I mean, and that's the first time that I, I Javier, cha- Javier challenges Sergio yeah. is he doesn't laugh at his jokes. Yeah, like I get why they did it, but eh. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty... <laughs> Could have passed on that. Yeah, I think so. Well, so one of the things that stuck out to me, it kept kind of reminding me a little bit of the the Batman and the Joker movies with the backstory on Javier. And then with his transformation into the, you know, his final, this is who he is from (laughs) the set, you know, he's from the, the kid from the, what, his mother's dead and his father's prisoner yeah, because and then, he says he wants to be the happy clown when he visits his dad yeah. in like the internment camp and his dad says no you were never a child and that comes up a few different times yeah yeah but at the same time he's very childlike yes through the whole thing so uh-huh. so yeah, it's like, like he lived in kind of like an arrested development mm-hmm. like as soon as his father was gone he just kind of stopped growing as a person yeah because, yeah, he is very timid and very shy mm-hmm. un- until he absolutely loses his goddamn marbles, but... Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it kind of reminded me of, like, the, the, the Batman backstories with, the, you know, the kid loses his parents, and then and then there's got to be some sort of some, <clears throat> something that changes him. So, and it kind of reminded me of, like, a lot of the... the the, I keep thinking the Batman stories with the villains, like and like Gotham has like all these OSHA violations or something all over the place. You know, it's <laughs> like because you think about it, it's like the Joker. He, what in the Killing Joke? He falls into the the vat of chemical stuff, and same thing with the Penguin. Is it? I I know nothing about this. I'm trying to remember because there and there's there have been so many different versions of how the Penguin came to be, how the Joker came to be, blah de blah de blah, and and with Javier when he's turning himself into the final thing where he's like hitting his face with the iron and making himself just this this horrible you know monster and it's like why you know it's like I'm not 100% sure that I had the whole reason behind him just going off the rails other than we're just supposed to see his descent into madness and just not question what just don't question well, it I just roll that, with it i think that goes back to what we were talking about with like old shakespearean literature and mm-hmm. things of that like is he he goes mad with love oh. love overtakes him and it's the same for both men essentially yeah because they're fighting over this woman who at points wants nothing to do with any of them yeah like you said, she when she's without them for that period of time, she seems pretty happy. She's yeah, all she's up, doing fine. She's doing her little routine up on the stage and all that stuff. And I I really like, and I I don't mean just because she's absolutely gorgeous, but I love how they <laughs> completely changed her look almost every time we see her too. Yeah, yeah, she they definitely did that. I mean, like she she had dark hair. She's blonde. She's I mean they kept. They kept playing with that a lot, too. Yeah. And she looked good in every shot, too. Yeah. And, like, just the different kinds of makeup and outfits they gave her. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. And, again, that just goes back to the visual aesthetic of this whole film, which uh, Alex De La Iglesias has in a lot of his films. They're very... The ones that I've seen, anyway, they have very strong imagery, and they're also just kind of completely bonkers. Yeah. Well, he played with a lot of he played with a lot of the religious icons. He played with a lot of the circus and the comic book types. I mean, all of that stuff yeah. kind of definitely. Um, he paints a very pretty and sometimes grotesque picture when he's yeah. telling his stories. So you just got to kind of roll with it if it, you know if you sit down to watch it. And it was what it's like an hour and a half. It, I believe it's an hour forty five. Yeah. It's a quick watch. It goes by, I mean, unless you're the type of moviegoer that kind of expects a straightforward story. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I really like about this is, is batshit as it is, mm-hmm. it's a very simple narrative. Yeah. There's, I was never once confused while watching this. Mm-hmm. Because if you actually sit down and watch it rather than being on your phone or something, you know, like active viewing, you don't lose a single thread in this film. Mm-mm. Like it all comes together very, very well. 
Yeah. And it's but got to the, your average film watcher, I think this might be a bit much. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the stuff about it's pretty disturbing and grotesque. and Yeah. And, and as much as it follows a strict narrative, it's not a narrative that I think we're used to in modern no, film. No, no. It, there were some pretty cringy moments in yeah. it where, where it's like, I don't really want to. And again, I, I can't express enough just how off the fucking rails this movie is. Because by the time we get to Act 2, which is right after he gets pummeled on the carnival game. Oh, God, yeah. It had already been batshit insane, and that's, like, when it starts to really ramp up, mm-hmm. and I think that might take a lot of people out of it. Just, you know, what the fuck is this movie? I, I loved it, though. You know, I almost messaged you, like, what What did you just make me watch? But after, right after I watched it. But it does, it's got, it's got the story, it's got some very, it's very visually interesting to look at um it's got there's a lot of cringy moments and gross stuff in it but at the same time it's got a lot of that psychological mess with you too it's a good balance yes of that type of stuff and a lot of the 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 stuff in it you know um it's not necessarily I wouldn't. I would say it. It goes with the plot. It's not just gratuitous. Like I mean, it, they're using it in a way where it's developing the characters. Yeah, like I said, there's not much fat on this. There's yeah. not a whole lot that like. I you could have trimmed the montages. I think. Yeah. I think you could have trimmed some of the stuff with his dad reappearing to him. Yeah. But that also lends to that he's completely breaking psychologically because he mm-hmm. sees his dad and at least three or four shots where he's completely hallucinating and sees his father asking for revenge. Because Scott, what <laughs> was this? Not asking for, I guess it was a polite way of Commanding him. Yes. <laughs> Do it, son. He, there's the one, I'm thinking one of the monta- the dream sequences too. Is he in the hospital and he's dreaming about Natalia? Yes, in three he's different ways. Yes. Climbing around with his hospital gown on, <laughs> like I forget what he's even climbing, and she's up standing at the top of it, like like she's in a music video or something, mm-hmm. like and her hair's blowing, and she's got her ribbons wrapped around her, like her trapeze thing. Yeah, like, he's climbing ah. up like a statue. Yeah. Okay. What's the other one? Oh, where she's uh also a really fucking brilliant image and they could have gone gratuitous but there's no actual nudity in the scene in mm-hmm. that dream sequence and she's lying on the bed just bathed in white oh yeah 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 and then he takes the white sheet off of her and you kind of see her butt but it's not like cheeky yeah it's not it's gratuitous just... and gross and then sergio hops out of the darkness yeah yeah, they messed with your head a lot with this whole fear of, like, Javier's fear of Sergio. Well, everybody. Mm-hmm. They build him up to be really scary. Yeah, he's the alpha male. Yep. He's one he's of the those, creep. just, yeah, overly drunk and aggressive dudes that just, ugh, these dudes suck. <laughs> yeah. These he's dudes just, fucking suck. He's just messing it up for everybody. <laughs> he's just going around just, you know. And then I, like I said, I don't know about the choice of having Natalia be the only one who dies. Yeah. Yeah, because really you kind of, with with Javier being almost like an anti-hero, but you're kind of, you're kind of rooting for him. But uh-huh. at the same time, then we Not start. Not really, though. Well, at first, you're kind of like, oh, you feel bad for him because he's yeah. intimidated and and he he's kind of crushing on this girl, but she's with this guy who's a jerk. And so you're kind of going, you kind of root for the underdog a little bit until he starts going just... Yeah, until he takes it a thousand percent too far. Yeah, yeah. He just... And she even says it to him when they're in that weird cavern full of the skulls. Oh, yeah, yeah. So something about, like, I, I don't... I'm not like Sergio or something along those lines. And she says, well, you're becoming more like him every day because you're frightening me more and more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's good. It's a good mix of, um, psychological and, uh, you know, psychological scary stuff and just plain visually like gross. I mean, like, like horror, horror type stuff. I was almost reticent to bring it onto the show because it's not strictly a horror film. Mm-mm. It's it's bug fuck nuts and really gross in a bunch of points, but it's not a traditional horror film. Yeah. But it, I mean, it is. 
Yep. Yeah, it is, but it isn't. It's it's uh, it's definitely a weird one. Definitely, uh, definitely. I'm I'm glad I watched it. Um, I I don't it, know if I'll watch it ten times. But um, <laughs> if somebody were to ask you for a film recommendation, yes. would you recommend it? I would say yes. If you're looking for something, you got an hour and a half, and you want to watch something that that's bizarre but well made. I would say yeah, this could be on that list. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. And it is, like I said, with the pacing and everything, it's an exhausting hour 45. Like, it feels like running a marathon by the yes. time this movie's done. Yep. With like, the pace. It, yeah. it doesn't, they don't waste any time. They just, yep, keep it going. Yeah, by the end of it, you just kind of stand. It's like, man, I got to get up. I got to like, go outside and get some air or something. <laughs> man, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm I'm curious too now that since some of the other stuff that we talked about with it. Now I'm kind of wondering how it fits in with a uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those movies that I think you think about after, you know, a couple of days later as you're thinking about it and kind of going, "Oh, did this what else was going on there? Mm-hmm. You know, did I miss something else or because I think that I think that there there are definitely some other insights or perspectives that you could get from going, you know, looking at some of the things we talked about, like some of the some of the literary predecessors to the sad clowns and the other themes, and also mm-hmm. some of the historic precedent. Yeah, the political and social culture yep. of Spain at the time. Yep, and so I think that there might be more stuff for us, you know, if we were to go back, to, you know, check some of that stuff out further and then come back and watch it with more context. Like I said, it was maybe... 15 minutes before we started this that I read that he, that Franco died of essentially sepsis. Yeah. It was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause like <laughs> from a human time, dog bite. <laughs> yeah. From the whole time I was just kind of like, mm, I kind of didn't need all the historical shit in this. Like, it's cool that they tied it in, but yeah. like, oh, but that's really cool. Oh, but that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Like just, you know, a little short reading about the Spanish civil war and how things were in Spain at the time. Like, all right. <laughs> that makes that cool. really does. Good job. Make, good, good job, Alex. You're it, doing great, bud. Yeah, it does make me wonder if this is a, if there isn't more commentary than what we're. Yeah, and if I spoke actual Spain Spanish, well, I know there's a lot of different dialects in Spain itself. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few things that I know about Spain because I don't know a whole lot about that. But mm-hmm. to speak the kind of Spanish that they were speaking, because I know James that was supposed to be with us today oh, speaks Spanish, James. and he's like. I tried to listen to it without reading the captions. He's like, I couldn't do it. They speak a different dialect. That... Uh... Yeah, so again, going back to the, I wonder if they lost anything in translation with the... He said, the dialogue's not bad, but it's not like compelling or smart or witty or anything. It just kind of seems, this is what they needed to say. Yep. Very... <laughs> Matter of fact. Stick to business, yep. Yeah. You know, one other thing that just popped into my head when we're talking about um, Javier running around naked out in the woods and eating the dead deer and all this other stuff, he kind of, there were a couple of parts in there that reminded me of scenes, and I haven't watched it in such a long time, but of um, an American werewolf in London, (laughs) where he's running, just probably naked hairy guy running around the woods is what made me think that movie, but I was kind of like, that's kind of, yep. So there were elements of little bits and pieces of other stuff that it made that it reminded me of but not but he did it in a different enough way to tell his own story mm-hmm. and yeah, like i said with all the historical references great great film i i do have problems with it but i can overlook them because wow yeah <laughs> this movie's just a uh a real ass blast from start to finish <laughs> Leap of faith off the crucifix. Just watch it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Only to be snapped in half at the end. Uh, all right. Deb, you got anything you want to plug? I don't think so. Still working on my, my murder, my restaurant murder book. So, um, yep, I think I've got, I'm at how many pages? 270 pages. I think I got another 80 pages to go. So I'm in the home stretch. and Sweet. Yes happy so yep a twisted tale of restaurant life and murder the 86 list so hell yeah yep. so, so hey, you can find us around facebook groups we got an instagram page uh if you like what we do here uh please go find where we can rate and review it really does help the show it's something free that you can do we don't need your money just go do that it really helps out get a broader audience 
and you know all the other stuff that we do we're around yeah cool I've, I've stopped putting in advertising give a shit oh you should yeah well but oh well we're around just horror vomit <laughs> google it i'm not doing the work for you <laughs> I'm not doing the work to help me fuck that but all right anything else you got deb I don't think so. All right. Thanks for having me back. Yes. 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 To yes. the circus. To the circus. And away we go. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> N- nothing? Oh. Like, bye. Bye, circus freaks. Sit there and drink your cocktail all high and mighty. <laughs> like you're better than those scumbags <laughs> that come out of the circus. <laughs> adios. <laughs> you say adios? <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. You can